Welcome to No Buns, the podcast for the casual baseball fan here on The Athletic Baseball Show. I'm Tass Mellis here in studio and with me, it's super producer JD. Hello. Hello, JD. And my co-host all season long coming to us from Taiwan, it's Joel McMillan. Joel, how you doing? I'm well. I'm very well. Thanks for asking. Of course I'm going to ask. I'm also going to ask, have the cats been fed? It's 8.25 p.m., if you didn't know. Cats have been fed <laughs> past 8 o'clock. We had to switch up the time because I came back home, so they were fed. Yeah, they're all good to go. They're quiet, not making a peep. Uh, the cats, very adaptable to different dinner times. I, <laughs> I respect those cats. Uh, I, I got a little cat fact for you a little later on, Joel. Stay tuned for that. Okay. Uh, quick housekeeping here. You can always find No Bunts on the Athletic Baseball Show feed wherever you pod, or on the Athletic Baseball Show YouTube channel, where we go live every Wednesday morning for us, night for Joel and his cats. And also, Joel started up an Instagram account for no bunts, no underscore bunts on Instagram. It's light, but we're going to, it's light on, on content right now. We've just started it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's raw right now. This is when you want to get in, because yeah. this is the good stuff before we go all commercial, you know? Get into the ground level test. Do it right now. And it's already we're already having fun on it, actually. Anyway, we're going to have a lot of fun on this show. We'll talk home run celebrations in an edition of You're Out. But now I want to look at some early MVP candidates, some odd stories, some surprises, disappointments, as we take stock of where we are in baseball one month into the season. Joel, let's go, baby. Yeah, We've had a month here. So let's start us off with uh, the biggest surprise, Joel. Is it the Pirates, the Rangers, or the Orioles? Wild stuff going on in month one, Joel. Yeah, um, all three, I feel, have been surprises to a varying degree. But I would say the biggest surprise, obviously, is Pittsburgh. Uh, no one expected them to do this well. They're 20 wins, 10 losses. Uh, their pitching's great. Their hitting's great. Uh, you know, they're tied, I think, for the third best record in Major League Baseball right now. And they're doing all of this without one of their star players in O'Neill Cruz. Um, it's been a really, really amazing story to see them. Do I think they can keep this up over 162 games? If I'm, if I'm being realistic, probably not. But, you know, there's still 10 games over 500. Um, all three of the teams you mentioned, Tass, uh, it should be noted, have had a fairly cushy schedule uh, during this first month of the season with Texas, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. But, you know, they don't make the schedules. I don't think that's something you can necessarily fault them for. But I would like to see them play, you know, maybe stiffer competition going forward. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all of those teams have been a surprise Baltimore and Texas, not so much. Like Baltimore was kind of in it until the last week of the season this year. And I think they came in uh, with some playoff expectations. Uh, Some people might disagree with that. Uh, And Texas as well, like they finished with a very bad record last year, but went out and made a lot of, made a big splash in the free agent market. Their pitching's fantastic. Their hitting's fantastic. Uh, They're a very well-rounded team right now. Uh, but DeGrom went out with an injury on Friday with elbow inflammation. It's always the knock on DeGrom. He just really struggles to stay healthy. And I think he's going to be the key to Texas, the success Texas is going to have this year. 
Uh, so we'll wait and see. But yeah, definitely Pittsburgh is the biggest pleasant surprise so far this season. Yeah, I'll go through that that injury status there on DeGrom. He's on the 15-day DL, as you said. The Rangers making a nice splash, five years, 185 mil to him. But yeah, he has... Uh, it has followed him. There's, there's no doubt he has been hurt the last couple seasons here. The Orioles, as you said, finished off the season really well last year. And you said they'd make the playoffs coming into this season. That was one of your predictions that there would be four playoff teams in the AL East. Adley Rutschman obviously looking amazing for them. Uh, but the Pirates being good, uh, that's just weird as a as a baseball fan. Seeing that right now, as you said, 10 games above 500, on pace for 107 wins. Uh, and uh, reading this on The Athletic, uh, they go by uh, an acronym that their first base coach throws around, SAT, because they're smart, athletic, and they're tough, Joel. And uh, through 30 games Sad. here, <laughs> yeah, they they uh, near the league lead in walks. They're smart. They're mm-hmm. tied for the lead in, uh, lead league in triples. They're athletic. And they lead baseball in stolen bases. That's also athletic. I had nothing for tough, Joel. I had zero for, for tough. But uh, it's cool to see Andrew McCutcheon come back, their, their legend who, mm-hmm. who came back, uh, Carl Santana, Brian Reynolds. O'Neill Cruz is even out for months after uh, breaking his ankle, the fibula, and that collision at the plate. Yeah, they've got a lot of guys contributing and uh, a great story with Drew Maggi that we'll get to a little bit later on, an incredible one. All right, so let's get to the uh, the disappointments as we fly through here, trying to take stock of what's going on. Three big disappointments you can talk about. The St. Louis Cardinals, the Chicago White Sox, and the Yankees, Joel. Oh, they're all disappointments, Tass. They're all disappointments. But um, I think you've got to go with probably St. Louis at this point. Uh, they were a team that... We're definitely, I would say, like mentioned in the World Series conversation. I don't think they were an overwhelming favorite, but St. Louis is just always there, I feel, in October. Um, And they're one of those pesky teams that I just feel like you never want to play in October. They've got a lot of talent on that team. They've got the reigning MVP. They've got solid pitching. Like, they've got the talent there. It's just, for whatever reason, it hasn't really gelled uh, at this point. Uh, they sent down their prize prospect, uh, Jordan Walker. Uh, he was off to a really hot start. He tied the rookie record for, I think he got a hit in 12 straight games, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And they've just really looked bad. You know, they've just played bad. Now, I will say this. I'm not really worried about St. Louis. I think they're just off to a bad start. I think they can turn this around. It wouldn't surprise me if they won the division. I know we just talked about Pittsburgh. You know, it's April. Let's see how that goes after, you know, after a couple more months. The talents there in St. Louis, I think they can pull this, pull it, pull themselves out of this hole. I mean, the White Sox are just, they just look so uninspired. Um, I think they had a nine-game losing streak earlier uh, last week. Uh, they had a no-hitter going into the seventh inning, and then Tampa Bay just pumped them for the final two or three innings. Uh, Chicago just won consecutive games for the first time this season. They walked off Tampa Bay Sunday, and then they actually walked off Minnesota last night. But, Tass, I feel like the White Sox have just been a disappointment, not only to start this season, but, you know, last season they were a huge disappointment. You know, they've got a lot of money invested in that team. 
this is a team task a couple of years ago. I'm like, man, you know, these guys are going to take over the mantle for Houston. You know, after that Chris Sale trade, I feel they made out like bandits. But a lot of those players really haven't lived up to the expectations. I feel that, you know, people put on them and, you know, they they looked good. I mean, that was a great trade for Chicago at the time, but it hasn't really happened. Tim Anderson's out. Moncada's out. Liam Hendricks, of course, you know, is recovering from uh, from cancer treatments. So it's just, I feel like it's just a comedy of errors in a lot of ways, watching the White Sox. They've been a big disappointment. And Tass, just really quickly, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to this. There was a legendary call last week on Sports Talk Radio in Chicago, and a guy called in, and the host just let him go off. He didn't swear. He It wasn't rude or, you know, crude or anything like that, but... He just went off and he na- like he nailed it. It was a, it was a classic call. If you got a chance, watch it. So the White Sox are a big disappointment, and the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees' tasks I feel are in real trouble. Um, if you take Judge out of that lineup, that's a very mediocre offense. Stanton is what he is. Like he's very hot and very cold, but he also misses a fair amount of time. Can't really count on him. I feel. Uh, to kind of step in when judge isn't there or when judge is possibly struggling. And if you take, you know, judge out of that lineup and Stanton, I think he's hurt now. That's a very mediocre offense. Uh, Garrett Cole is doing everything he, you know, humanly can to keep that team afloat. I know we're going to talk about him in a minute, but the Yankees are a disappointment, but the AL East is, is so stacked and so tight their last place right now. But I feel if they can get healthy tasks, I think a big reason why New York is struggling is just they they just haven't been able to stay healthy. But if they can kind of tread water and, you know, stay within striking distance and get healthy by the all-star break, uh, I feel they can go on a big run. But, you know, to answer this question after the first month of the season, I don't see how you can't mention New York uh, among these teams for most disappointing. Yeah, they're just over 500 right now. And uh, as you uh, predicted the AL East uh, could have four playoff participants. Um, and Tampa Bay right now, with their hot start, is uh, they have an eight-and-a-half game lead over the Yanks, uh, which is extremely surprising. And Aaron Judge out for about 10 days uh, with the hip strain. It's, it's He's on the IL for, for 10 days anyways. Yeah, the cards, the White Sox seem to be the the perpetual loser here after their, as you said, they rebuilt their team and, and last year struggled at 500 and, and now they are where they are. And yeah, those cards, <clears throat> excuse me, they're now 10 games back of those pirates that we just talked about. That's uh, mm-hmm. ridiculously shocking uh, with, with the talent they have in Goldschmidt and Arnado, who's really, really struggling and yeah. And Contreras and Donovan and, and a newt bar, but their pitching has struggled uh, with Jordan Montgomery being probably the only solid guy of their of their starting rotation yeah as uh Hootsky says here in the stream team he's a big cards fan went to go take in the angels and cards to try and see uh Otani and Trout uh he said they're not sat they're sad uh well done Hootsky well done uh chipping in there all right next one here who has been the most valuable big money player is it the Yanks Garrett Cole the Angels Shohei Otani or the Dodgers Mookie Betts. And to clarify what big money player means, that means, according to us, that he's got to be making over 30 mil this season, Joel. So talk about the most valuable big money players. 
a cool 30 mil. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tess, I would say like, you know, Otani, Cole and Betts. I mean, all are fantastic players. I mean, Otani, we could, you know, I feel like we just all sound like broken records at this point. But Tass, for the sake of this question, I'm actually going to pick Garrett Cole. I feel he is the most valuable player to the Yankees. He's having an, an unbelievable season. I know he doesn't hit like Otani does, but I mean, he's doing everything right on the mound. He gives New York a chance to win every single time he takes the mound. And the Yankees offense is scuffling. They're ranked 22nd right now in all of baseball. So runs are very hard to come by with judge out Stanton out. Like I said, not a lot of offense. So I feel Cole is doing everything, you know, to keep New York in it. I feel he's very valuable. New York and Anaheim have almost identical records. Uh, So you could say, well, you know, like why not Otani? But I mean, New York had championship aspirations. Cole has absolutely delivered. Not that Otani hasn't, but I just feel like right now he's the most valuable kind of big money player. And, you know, honorable mention to Mookie Betts. I mean, I feel this is a guy that I don't want to say flies under the radar, but he's just Mr. Consistent. He just goes out there, performs. He's almost a steal at 30 million. I know that might sound ridiculous to say, but they can move him around the diamond. Like Tassie played shortstop last week. Uh, he hadn't played that position uh, in over 10 years. He can play center field. He can play right field. It wouldn't surprise me if the Dodgers even use him at second base. The Dodgers really like to move different guys around the diamond. I, that's one of the things I like about the Dodgers. See, Tass, I'm saying something nice about L.A. Uh, uh, not going to hate. Everyone can change, Joel. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, honorable mention to Mookie Betts. And, you know, Otani and Cole, I feel it's like 1A and 1B. But, you know, I'm going to say right now Cole's been the best big money player. He has looked unreal. And, I mean, if he keeps this up, I think he's going to run away with the Cy Young and even get MVP votes. Not win, but he'll get votes. It's a great point about Gary Cole holding uh, the or keeping the, the Yankees afloat. He has been phenomenal right out of the gate. Uh, the Mookie Betts story is kind of cool, as you said. Played a little bit of shortstop. He's played six games there, um, although not his position whatsoever. He's won six gold gloves as an outfielder. He's played a little bit at second base in his big league career, but with Gavin Lux out, the Dodgers just patchworking their way through their shortstop position. So I think that's a, that's a pretty neat story. All right, let's flip it to the other side, Joel. The biggest big money disappointment, again, over 30 mil per season. Is it Nolan Arenado of the Cards, the Padres, Manny Machado, or the Mets, Max Scherzer? got to be Scherzer. It, it's got to be oh, Scherzer, sticky in my hands, opinion. Sticky hand Scherzer. Yeah. Sticky hand Max. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a really bad look. Uh, you know, he got caught with foreign substance. I really don't know what the final, like, it, it was weird. because It was he denied, very strange. Yeah, he denied that he was cheating. And then it's like, okay, well, then why don't you appeal it? And he said, well, I don't really have a chance. Like he kind of gave a weird answer saying, I'm not going to win my appeal anyway, but he's kind of like, he swore on his kid's life, Joel. (laughs) (laughs) I I swear. I swear. Yeah. Um, So I feel like if you're that innocent, then appeal it, you know? So he just kind of laid over on it. Um, But besides that, he's like, he's giving up a lot more home runs he like Scherzer is still good. He's just good less often, if that makes sense. He's 
I feel he's just like he's in his late 30s. He's had an unbelievable career. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But Tassie's one of the highest paid players in the league. And that guy's got to deliver. You know, the Mets, you know, again, are one of those teams. They spent a ton of money. And Scherzer's been one of those guys. And I feel like he's really been the biggest disappointment. I feel like Arenado and Machado, as much as they've struggled out of the gate, those guys are elite third basemen. They've got such an extensive body of work, as does Scherzer. But I feel like those guys are still young enough and they're just kind of off to a slow start. So for me, the biggest big money disappointment out of these three is is definitely Scherzer. And I don't think it's even really close at this point. It is shocking to see Nolan Arenado start this way. Uh, I mm-hmm. love just love watching him. He was third in MVP voting last year, an MVP that went to his teammate, Paul Goldschmidt. So the cards, yeah, just disappointing overall. Uh, the the Scherzer scenario, as, as we mentioned, suspended for 10 games, which is essentially two starts for using the sticky stuff that the MLB is starting to crack down on again with pitchers. But just a weird scenario where he was... He was, but it was rosin though. Like it wasn't. Yeah. I don't think it was like spider tack. Like it was rosin, but I don't know if he used too much or yeah. the way he used it. But um, regardless, I mean, what he was doing was against the rules. So it was just kind of a, a weird story. And you know, Scherzer such a personality. He was very animated about it. That's one of the things I like about him. But he has to be better, task because you know their rotation is basically anchored by two guys. Like Verlander's over forty. He's on the injured list right now. So, you know, those guys need to step up. Verlander, we can't say because he pretty much, I think he only made one start. So, you know, the jury's still out on him, but I think he'll be fine. But yeah, Scherzer just needs to be better. Full stop. Yeah, it was strange because he was using a legal substance, um, but I guess it was the combination of, uh, of some concoction that he made that <laughs> the umpires they were really puzzled by <clears throat> excuse me where it was just uh it was just too tacky it was just too sticky and i say puzzled because they, they i think they literally checked him out three times and mm. in the end um he got suspended for 10 games was he following the rules was he not he always pushes the boundary that max sure he's been pushing the boundary with the new rules and quick pitching guys and and trying to get guys out uh, with uh, you know at the at the fifteen second mark or the twenty second mark when he has to deliver, so that's Scherzer for you. Um, he's a character. He's he's uh, he's fun to watch. All right, we'll uh, take a quick break here, Joel. On the other side, odd stories from the first month, heartwarming stories from the first month, MVP candidates from the first month, and JD. You got to keep listening uh, because I have a trivia question that I'm going to throw at you, JD. Ooh, all right. All right. After the break. When you get injured, you don't want to wait for answers and options. That's why it may be time to explore the Nano Experience, a revolutionary treatment option designed to help active people get back to the lifestyles they love. Nanotechnology allows surgeons to see inside even the smallest joints and treat orthopedic conditions with a tiny camera and other nano instrumentation, all through a barely there poke hole incision. Wherever you've experienced an injury, whether it be a foot and ankle, hand and wrist, shoulder and elbow, knee or hip, nanoarthroscopy can be used to diagnose and treat your condition in an extremely, minimally invasive way. Don't wait to learn about the revolutionary nano experience and how it could help you or someone you know after an injury. Visit arthrex.info theathletic. This is not medical advice and is not meant to be a substitute for advice from your physician. Talk with your physician about your health condition, potential surgical risks, 
and whether Arthrex products are right for you. Postoperative management is patient-specific and dependent upon your physician's assessment. Individual results will vary. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra-soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. Back with no dunce. No dunce? <laughs> sure. Oh, what a combination. Yeah, I was just I was just looking up uh, a basketball stat. So I guess I was in our no dunks mode, our standard basketball <laughs> mode, uh, because we, we've got a tie in here, a basketball tie in to uh, to a baseball story coming up, coming up, coming up. Mm. Uh, okay. But uh, first, Joel, let's get to some of these uh, these off the wall wild stories here through the first month and and i think the oddest story has been the canceling of the braves big hat celebration ridiculous stuff happening here in atlanta we all know that the teams are celebrating home runs within their dugout with unique celebrations the braves were wearing a novelty sort of oversized hat that looks like a standard ball cap but it's five times the size or something. It's just really, really large for the, for each of their home run celebration. Uh, it, it was a, a local sports memorabilia collector that handed it to a couple Braves over opening weekend. More than sports is the memorabilia collector. And they were wearing it for the first month of the season or so, for the first few weeks. And then New Era, the official hat partner of MLB, complained. And since, they have stopped wearing said novelty hat. Maybe they're just mad that they didn't think of it, Joel. Uh, and I know, J.D., um, you you were concerned with this story. <laughs> concerned is the wrong concerned? word. Uh, I was mildly interested in it, so I put it in our Slack channel, the baseball yeah. channel. Um, and yeah, it's totally ridiculous. Like, come on, New Era. They're just having fun out there. Who cares, right? I tend to think that, for sure. Um, Joel, what's your take on uh, on the New Era Hat beef. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's it's just ridiculous. And Tass, like in looking this up, um, this is kind of slightly off topic, but in the NFL, if a player um, has the the logo, like I don't know, like if it's Champs or Nike or whatever, but if the logo is actually like covered by dirt or something they have to actually change their shirt. Do you know if this is true? I'm not really like a football fan. 
but it has they have to actually display the like the brand has to be available uh on tv mm. did you know that no i did not know that it sounds sort of like a soft rule uh sort of like the uh the scherzer sticky tech situation like you might have some dirt on your shoulder but you just dust that dirt off your shoulder and and, and it's fine but yeah i hear what you're saying yeah. i mean this is uh, in, in a similar vein, you're right. Uh, this is <laughs> this is a brand not being represented in New Era. I, I imagine they're just going to come out with their own novelty sized hats. And <laughs> why, why why wouldn't they? Um, or is that or, is or that... they just don't want that? They don't want it in the ether. They don't want it as part of the lexicon. Mm. Big hats. We're not. They they cost too much. Nobody buys them actually. So don't give anybody cost. ideas. Mm. Yeah, cost. They just don't want to do it. I thought it may just be the the integrity of the ball cap, and yeah. you <laughs> they just don't don't want a, an expanded line. The ball cap is the ball cap is the ball cap. Yeah, I mean it's it's just in the dugout for home run celebrations. Exactly, it's it yeah. a couple times a game. But anyway, and it's baseball related. Uh, come on. Let new era, get out of here. I almost understand like if if it's Nike or whoever the whoever the company is. You know, insisting on having the, uh, you know, if you get mud on it, you have to wipe it off. That makes more sense because they're actually spending money. They're spending millions of dollars to have their logo on the field. So if, even if it's a corporate sponsor, I get that part of it. But this has nothing to do with New Era. It's just a stupid celebration. Get over yeah. yourselves. And I will include, or I should have mentioned that on this novelty size hat, Braves and the logo is is on there. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that has there's a licensing thing there where you know it it it, 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 it looks like it's done well. It's like it's a professional professionally done hat. So Yeah. It's not one It of looks like just, a new era hat. Maybe that's the problem. It just looks like yeah. a ridiculously large new era hat which is their trademark. Well, yes, and this And new, they have the exclusive rights to to the Braves logo or whatever. In this new era, you can have oversized hats. Yeah. Um, but I guess you can't. Uh, I guess New Era is against it. I'm surprised. Joel, what were we going to say? Um, did you, uh, did you see Ozzy Albies wearing it? Mm -hmm. He, oh my god, like he looked like a child yeah. wearing it. I, it was just so <laughs> comical seeing him like come out of the dugout and you know cheer. It just it's and it's like this is Tess. We've talked you know a couple of times so far in the different shows about like how much. You know, the game's more fun and it's more young. But, like, as a longtime baseball fan, it's kind of like two steps forward, one step back. Like, this is just ridiculous. These guys are just having fun. It's not affecting the bottom line at all. It's not like, you know, money's coming out of pockets or anything. It's just something silly and fun. And for them to crack down on this, I just kind of roll my eyes and I'm like, guys, really? You know, like, you guys got all this buzz you know, things are going well and then something ridiculous like this. Because baseball just, I feel, has had so many negative headlines in recent years. Not that this really kind of like kills the momentum or anything, but it's just ridiculous and it's unnecessary. Well, they did have some good headlines in Mexico City as the, the Giants and Padres played uh, this past weekend. And I just wanted to mention this odd story. It's on the field. A lot different. No, no, no hats involved here. Uh, the Padres... Austin Nola took four pitches at the plate, no swings. All of a sudden, he goes back to the dugout. Next pitch, bomb! He hits a 440-foot blast. So why did he change the bat again after not even swinging through the first four pitches? Well, he was asked about it 
by the Athletics' Dennis Lynn. He said he hit the plate with his bat, getting ready for the first couple pitches, you know, standard stuff, getting into his uh, routine, and it sounded funny. The bat sounded a little odd. He thought, well, maybe it's just this plate uh, here in Mexico City. Maybe it just sounds different. Uh, But he realized after the fourth pitch that the sound was happening because the bat was broken. So the bat just somehow uh, was broken, had the the standard crack that usually happens after a pitch uh, hits it. And cracks it, but somehow that bat was broken anyways. Odd to see him go back to the dugout. Then he comes back and hits a bomb. So a little odd story. Mm-hmm. Runner-up <laughs> to the new era hat situation. There is no doubt about that. Hootski in the stream team says new era should should have just made their own version and capitalized it. <laughs> oh, actually, he just says and capitalized. In my brain, I said capitalized it. Right. The new era big hats. <laughs> um, that's just weird. They're just going to make make more money. Um, but again, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, uh, from odd stories to heartwarming stories, because I am a softy, Joel. We got a couple here. Bryce Hopper, Bryce Hopper, Bryce Harper, and Drew Maggi. The Maggi story, it's too good. It's just too mm-hmm. good. The Pirates' Drew Maggi spent 13 years in the minors before getting his first major league at bat a week ago. 13 years. He was drafted in 2010, the same year as Bryce Harper. Bryce Hopper, I'm not sure if he was drafted. But anyways, he didn't play in the majors uh, until just a week ago. He pinch hit for Andrew McCutcheon. Didn't get a hit, um, but he was so excited. They gave him the lineup card beside Andrew McCutcheon's name. His name was there. Anyways, he thought he was going to get sent down. There was a... a rain delay, actually, that the Pirates had. He said he was he was going to be sent down, but apparently because of the rain delay, uh, the game was canceled and he was allowed to stay up uh, in the majors. And that's when he got his first hit. He actually had a couple hits. So pretty, pretty neat. Actually, he uh, it got interviewed on Starkville on the Athletic Baseball Show, if you want to hear his story. A very, very, very unique story as he's chipping in uh, with the Pirates. Great stuff. 13 years before getting up. And this was the trivia question I had for you, JD. Our regular show, No Dunks, where we talk about basketball. Do you remember a few years ago, there's a very similar story. A basketball player who didn't play yes. in the NBA for a long time. He made it his debut at 32 years of age for, yes. for the Lakers. You remember that story? It was... It was our fir- or final year at NBA TV, and I and I mentioned that because he got interviewed. He he, came, he had a great game with the Lakers, and then he got interviewed by TNT. Do you remember that uh, that young old man? Like it's not Jamario Moon. <laughs> Jamario Moon. No. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's uh, didn't it's, he? Wasn't he an old rookie, Jamario? I think you're right. Yeah. I'm sure he was. That's a good call. Is this no, person but, still in the league? No. No, he's he just, he had a, yeah, it would be very difficult to remember. Andre Ingram's name. Oh. Uh, he had a, yeah, just a cup of coffee. This is even more unique in basketball where a guy will come in in his 30s. Um, yeah, he had a handful of games. But what was even more unique, it was at the end of the Lakers season. It was essentially garbage time for mm. the Lakers. The season was over. He came up. And had a great game. It was a 19-point game uh, for him. He just, it was just storybook, <laughs> much, much like. It's gonna say stuff of movies. Yeah, this Drew Maggi scenario, absolutely, absolutely a movie. Do you think they're gonna make it into some sort of 
documentary that we can review like we reviewed Facing Nolan last week, Joel. I mean, this is it's just it's it's <laughs> sure. it's yeah. It seems too Why good. not? Yeah. They I think they um Disney made a movie years there was a similar story with a Tampa Bay Rays pitcher. It was called The Rookie. And uh, Dennis Quaid was the star of the movie. I forget the pitcher's name, but yeah, he was uh, he came up like very, very late in his career. Uh, I didn't see it, but, uh, you know, a lot of people it is a good baseball movie from what I understand. So, yeah, why not? Let's let's do a movie. Who would you cast? Cast who's going to play Drew? Mm. First, I'm surprised you haven't watched that movie. Um <laughs> Uh, who am I casting? Oh, who's gonna play Drew? Um, Toby Maguire. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's got range. Who would you He's cast? He's too old, man. This guy's thirty-two. Toby Maguire. How old is Toby Maguire? I don't know. He's a young-looking thirty-nine. I'm guessing. Okay. Uh, pro- who would you cast? Cast. Oh, hundred percent Christian Bale. There's Christian Bale. Christian the man Bale. can play anything. He's the even older than anything. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold on. We can Christopher Bale some is like my age. Wow. He's so, in it like Toby Maguire is forty-seven. Okay, that's too old. Okay, fine. What about that guy? Uh, <laughs> what about the guy who plays the Punisher? Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, John Bert Bert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bertham? That guy. That guy. Uh, well, yeah. Just Cr- looking he's at a picture good. of. Uh, he's good. He is. Good. He's great. He's a great actor. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture. Okay, I, cha- of, uh, I changed. I changed my vote. I'm going with JD. I'm going wow. with the Punisher. So. Christian Bale, 49. John Berthel, not much younger. Really? 46. Oh, he's a young 46. Yeah, that's what I thought about Toby. But, uh, all right. Maybe we should Maybe we should just do this as you're out a little bit later. You have to eliminate one of these guys or pick one of these guys. doesn't really work. Bale, Berthel, or McGuire. All right. Uh, moving on, Joel. The Magic story, incredible stuff. The Pirate story, incredible stuff. They look like they're uh, they're flying high. Who else is flying high? Let's go to the other league first. Your AL MVP picks. You've got a few here on the board. Otani, the Jays, Matt Chapman, hello, and Wander Franco of the Rays. Otani. Uh, Taz, <laughs> I can't easy. I can't make I can't I can't make I mean you just I mean Chapman's leading position players in war. Franco is oh fun fact okay Tess while researching this today today Wander Franco is exactly twenty two years two months and two days old thank you <laughs> Fangraphs for that little fun fact um, I mean it's crazy you know that he's having this season and he's so young but we live in a very unique and special time where we have this player. Uh, you, w- with Otani, who just has these insane abilities and talents. Uh, I think you saw last year, Tass, what it's going to take to beat a guy like Otani in the MVP race, and Judge had to break the home run record. Uh, and even, you know, that being said, I know we discussed it in Atlanta. Like, I picked Judge, uh, and I'm still okay with that pick, but it's it's it, Otani. Like, you, how can you make a case against it? I, I mean, Chapman's having a fantastic year. So is Franco, but I mean, Otani's just on another planet right now. You can't make uh, an analytical case, a logical case against him uh, at the moment. So I know it's boring, you know, and it's cliche, but it's it's Otani. It, for me, it's Otani. I'm okay with you going boring with what happened last year and, and him not winning. So 
there's there can't be any voter fatigue this year. Um, but I, I do find the Wander Franco inclusion so interesting there with the Rays uh, and how they've started. Uh, and in their 26 year history, after uh, after looking this up, they've never had anyone crack the top five of MVP voting. So Franco, mm-hmm. even Randy Rosarena, who's who's having a great year, uh, they are. Uh, they're playing really, really well. I even had to look up some WAR numbers, and uh, they are both up there, uh, pretty high up. Uh, although I do like your twenty-two years, two months, and two days numbers a little bit better. We like our numbers here, Joel. So you know, keep mm-hmm. keep firing your wars. <laughs> and uh, the the F WAR is that is that how it's said? So there's two. Oh, you know what? Save There's, it. Save it. Save it. Save it okay. for what the hell is this baseball stat? You're going to take us okay. through that uh, okay. at some other point. But uh, I appreciate appreciate you knowing. That's why you're on this show. All right. Next, uh, next. Let's just jump over to the NL. Acuna of the Braves has been phenomenal. Xander Bogarts, Padre signing, also been phenomenal. And Zach Gallen, who you got? ATL representas. I got to go with uh, Acuna. Um, I have loved Acuna ever since he come uh, ever since he's come into the league. Uh, I love his swagger. I love his style. I love the way he plays. I sound like I have a crush on him. I kind of do. I'll be honest. Um, he's just such an exciting electric player to watch. Now the knock on Acuna is he came into the league in 2018 and minus the COVID season, he's only been able to stay healthy for one full season, and that was in 2019. Um, he was having a, a monster year. Uh, I forget what year it was, but he, it was the year test. I think they won the world series, uh, and he got hurt yeah, and for he sure. was, 21. he got off to, yeah, 2021. Thank you. And he was clearly the MVP front runner when he went down. That was really terrible to see. I think if he's able to stay healthy and if he can keep this pace, I think he's going to win uh, the National League MVP. Uh, what's going to help his case, he's going to – He's Atlanta is a World Series contender. They're a great team. I feel that always kind of factors into voting. Um, and I like how Atlanta moved him to right field. That's going to alleviate some of the physical stress on his body and keep him healthy, which, you know, like I said earlier, that's one of the been the the big knock on him is just he's, you know, struggled to stay healthy. So I'm going to go Acuna. Um, Bogarts has been off to a great start, Tass. And Tass, I've got a little question for you here. Uh-oh. This, this past weekend, Xander Bogarts made history in Mexico City. No other player in MLB has done this. What do you think he did? No other player has done this. I thought it didn't. He participated in the home run derby that they had essentially in their in their games. It's something about home runs. Uh, you're getting you're getting warmer, Tass. You're getting warmer. Did he hit a solo two run homer, three run homer, and grand slam over the course of a series? No, that's too- he did not. Yeah. Uh, Xander Bogarts hit a home run in Mexico. He's the only MLB player to hit a home run in four different countries in an MLB game. Oh. He hit one in Canada, the United States, England when he played on the Red Sox because the Red Sox and Yankees did uh, an international series a couple years ago. And Mexico. So he's the only MLB player to hit a home run in four different countries. There's a little fun fact for you, Tass. That was extremely <laughs> fun. Uh, yeah. Those are those are probably uh, JD's four favorite countries, too. Uh, so, 
Yeah. B- what, what were they again? Hold on. A- England and North America, essentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Canada, U.S., England. Mexico, and England. That's right. Yeah. Uh, sure. They're in the top 20 for sure. <laughs> uh, Bogarts. Um, Go but ahead. yeah, Bogarts. And also he set uh, a Padres uh, record. He's gotten on base in every single game. I, I, I think it's like 30 straight games that he's reached base. Uh, he's having a great start to the season. And Zach Gallen, uh, pitcher for the Diamondbacks, you know, Arizona's gotten off to uh, a good start. They've kind of come back to earth a bit, but uh, he's having a fantastic year. And I think he's the big reason that Arizona has had the success that they've had. His numbers are very similar to Cole's. Uh, In fact, if you looked at the advanced metrics, don't worry, I'm not going to get into it, but um, his advanced metrics are actually slightly better than Cole's. So I think he deserves us an honorable mention for this conversation. But yeah, for me, it's Acuna. Great stuff. Uh, thank you t- for taking us through your AL candidates, your NL candidates there. Uh, I will uh, just uh, circle back here for a sec. We talked about Drew Maggi, minor league phenom coming up. <laughs> phenom, wrong word. He's not a phenom. A uh, guy who played for a dozen years in the minor leagues and came up with the Pirates. Who would play him in a movie? Great suggestions from the stream team. Tom Holland? No. Fine. He, he looks he looks too young. He's he, too young. He's too young looking. He might be the right age. And he's, and he's just small. He's just yeah. a small, very small guy. Yeah, but that's the movies. You can figure that <laughs> you can figure that part out. Yeah, but Tess, the whole point is that he's an old guy. Like he has to be an old looking thirty three. Yeah. That's that's the point. Yeah. So you can't put the youngest looking actor in Hollywood. Maggie is not a very old looking 33 though. I will say that. No. But I mean, and, he, and he wears these these glasses that make him look older as well. Like you could throw those on, you know, the the baseball bifocals, you can throw those on him. Uh, Tom Holland. Anyway, I'm just relaying the message. <laughs> That's how you make someone look old. Uh Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield. That now that I agree with. I was just Oh, okay. I get yeah. on board with that. Yeah. Okay. Or uh last one, cousin Greg, Nicholas Braun. It's probably not gonna fly. Oh from uh, succession. Succession. Nicholas Braun. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he's also too young. Young yeah. seeming. Young seeming, yeah. It's like it's we- like a it's, you gotta go like a Kevin Costner type in Bull Durham. You know what I mean? Like the old guy. He's an yeah. old guy. Well, you are going to see him progress through his minor league career, JD. That's going to be part of it. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me let me throw this one at you, Zach Zach Efron. He's thirty five. Yes. Yes. he could pull it off. Zach Efron's thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. He's been in your life for a while. Okay. But you he thought but... he was younger. No. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was. I would have said like twenty eight, twenty nine. He's thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. My gosh. Um, he was your, I don't he know was if your you neighbor realize... when he was like 25. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you realize this. We collectively, between our suggestions and the stream team, we named every Spider-Man actor. Oh, we did. Toby Maguire, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Toby Maguire Andrew Garfield, and um, Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah, I think the uh, 
the Toby may have inspired some the Holland there and, <laughs> and the Garfield. Great stuff, great stuff. Better than Bernthal, Bale, and, and Toby, yeah. I think. Yep. Uh, yeah. We're from, getting there. We're getting close. We're getting close. Yeah, the stream team, the bleacher creatures, whatever you want to call them, uh, coming through. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, well, we've got an, our weekly edition of You're Out coming up after the break. Welcome back to the show. It's time for a fun recurring segment here on No Bunts. We all must eliminate one of the objects in a new edition of ERA. We talked about how the Braves were banned from using the novelty hat in their dugout. So that inspired us to come up with a, a, a few... Home run celebrations that are out there, we got to take one off the list. The three that we have, it's the Mariners' Trident and Darth Vader helmet. Uh, it's the Angels' Samurai hat. And the Washington Nationals' Founding Father's wig, which is accompanied by a small U.S. flag that the home run hitter has to hold uh, as he goes through the dugout. So... Joel, you have at it first. What are you kicking out of here? Is it the Mariners with their helmet thing, uh, with the Poseidon trident? The Kabuto, the samurai hat? Or is it uh, the old nasty wig? What do you got, Joel? <laughs> um, Tass, is it a samurai hat or a samurai helmet? Yeah, good call. Okay. Probably we, it's a helmet. Uh, it's, it, looks, yeah. it, lo- it, looks, it looks like a helmet. Yeah. Um, I, I love the creativity. I love the creativity in all of them. Uh, I, I like how teams are, are really into this. Uh, I'm gonna have to eliminate the founding father's wig just cause it's, it's cool. I like it. it. It's silly. It's funny. I like the addition of the American flag, but the other ones look, I don't know. They just look better. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of the wig, but I'm not hating on it. I'm not hating on it, but yeah, this the samurai helmet looks so cool. The trident with the Darth Vader helmet. Yeah, I just feel there's a bit more effort put into those. So yeah, bye bye founding father's wig. Uh, JD, you yeah. are uh, a Star Wars head. Uh, sure. Yeah. Of the group, you're the most knowledgeable. Yes. Um, can we go to Seattle there for a second? Get your opinion on <laughs> the combination of the the Poseidon trident. Yeah. And the Star Wars helmet. Yeah. That, the, the story uh, behind that is there was a fan who painted it as a tribute to the Mariners on Star Wars Day. Okay. Several years back. It was, I think it was in 2016 in the dark days of the Mariners. Um, and, and I feel like they brought it back recently to combine with the Poseidon Trident that was introduced last year. I do believe they're, they're calling it a swellment, Star Wars helmet. Um, so what were your thoughts on the the combination there of those two things well i don't like it obviously okay she should be holding a lightsaber but maybe this is the same thing as the new era hat thing they don't want the copyright headache right Mm. so so you would rather go full-on star wars than what about full-on poseidon or poseidon Poseidon makes more sense because they're the Mariners, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, they 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 should take the founding father's wig and put it on the Mariners guy with the trident, and then you know you're Poseidon or Gills or something. So is that like the a, one you're taking out? 
I think I have to. It's too, it's a too much of a clash, a mm. clash of ideas there. The Nationals being in the nation's capital, it's fitting. Yes. Founding Fathers, wig, that's what they did. Yeah. The Angels... Now, correct me here, Joel, as you corrected me on my ignorance about the the samurai hat versus the samurai helmet. Are they just wearing that because Shohei Otani's on the team? Is is that why? I I would I would guess, yeah. I and I think if I'm not mistaken, Tess, I read that he yeah, like it was his idea. He's the one that uh, introduced it to the team. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. then it's perfect. That that has to stay, and it yeah. looks badass. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And just really quickly to jump in here about the Mariners helmet, this they've added this recently because Tass, when I was uh, you, you had, had asked me for an image. Most of the images I found were actually Mariners holding the trident, but they were wearing their batting helmet. So this Star Wars, it didn't start out like this. This has been a very recent addition. Right. Right. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the Poseidon, the trident was last year. I think they introduced it because I remember Julio Rodriguez. Uh, in his rookie year, having it, yeah, it was. Uh, it was just. You're right. Now I'm seeing images in my head. It was just uh, Poseidon with a naked head or a standard baseball head, right? Uh, with mm-hmm. the helmet and uh, yeah, that old helmet um, that the uh, the fan painted. Because I, I do. What believe do you, so what do you mean painted? Like, is there something on the side? You can almost see there's something on the side yeah. painted there. But well, it's painted in blue and yellow in okay. the Mariners colors. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's. You know, I mean, like, for Star Wars Day, that's fine. Sure. So, like, uh, tomorrow yeah, would be a, the perfect day to wear that. Totally. But every other right, day, just yeah. stick with the trident. That's it. That's all you need. The trident looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I do agree the uh, the Japanese helmet is pretty cool because um, it, it's it's very, very, very colorful. It's got a, a lot of personality, apparently. Uh, it's used or was used uh, as to reflect the samurai's personality exactly that um and uh however with with the passage of time it changed from a protective device to an expression of magnificent japanese artistry so that's uh that's why it's so colorful um and i guess the time if shohei says we're wearing this there's no doubt Mm. you just gotta wear it Uh, i'm definitely getting rid of the nats wig i don't (laughs) <laughs> Don't like it, uh, mainly because yeah, of course it, it ties in with the, the founding fathers and and their curly wigs, but it also has a hat underneath it to to give it I think a little bit of uh, integrity. Right. Um, so so you put on a hat. It's you're putting on a hat with a wig on it, and um, so sorry they're not just slapping the wig on top of their cur- the cap that they're wearing. That is the hat. That's the hat. brim that's sticking out is part of it. Somebody did the work to glue it on. Um, I don't know if people, I was going to say people didn't want a wig on their head, but they're putting on a hat that's the universal or the, the communal hat that everyone puts on. Yes, it's a totally different hat. The home run hitter takes off their batting helmet, and this is placed on them. They are given the U.S. flag, and they go through. But I don't really like what those wigs represent, you know? <laughs> like it's uh, From what I read, it was a trend started – in Europe, in the medieval days, okay. to to signify wealth and status, yeah, and also to cover up disease, apparently, because <laughs> disease happened, and so this was a it was a dual purpose, and hey, whatever, it's in Washington, it's not it's not a bad thing, but I'm I'm all about the samurai hat and the Poseidon trident. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Cool. What better way? What better way to uh, fight off disease though by having a bunch of grown sweaty men <laughs> share a disgusting hat? Way to way to nail that one. But uh, yeah, and Tass also too. Just with, I feel the celebrations are like there's just there's so much effort put into all of them. You really got to step your game up. I mean, really like a wig glued on a hat, you know, you got tridents and samurai helmets and Minnesota's got a new fishing one. They're more, I feel like they're becoming more creative and even more uh, regional at this point. So yeah, Washington, I feel has got to up their game here. Yeah. Keep it, keep it slightly current, like the 20th century or something. (laughs) I mean, they're going way back. Um, That's I guess so so is the samurai hat. Uh, so that's that's totally true, but it looks cooler. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Okay, you convince me. Get out of here, wig. Get out of here, wig. Um, will you be putting your uh, your Darth Vader Mariners hat on tomorrow as we record here on May third? Who's celebrating? <laughs> who's celebrating Star Wars Day, Joel? I have only seen okay four, five, and six. The one, the, the the ones from the seventies, the originals, 80s. yeah, yeah. I've only seen those ones. They were great, but that's that's my only experience with that franchise. Yeah, great movies, but uh, not really a sci-fi guy. I'm sorry. No, no need to apologize. Okay. <laughs> well, they got a passion, but JD, like some of those fan bases are very like passionate and get very defensive. I'm not saying anything bad about Star Wars. I'm just saying. I, I never, you know, got into it. So just slow your roll there on on the keyboard if anyone's, you know, you, you know, like, all right, let's take a twenty second time out here. Yeah, okay, yeah, I yeah. just haven't seen it. Um, it sounds like you're being defensive about them being defensive, Joel. Mm-hmm. I mean, just say you don't, you're not into it. That's fine. Um, but I liked four, five, and six. Like they were good, but I just haven't seen any. And there's, I feel like there's just so much Star Wars stuff now today. There's series on netflix there's move it's just a lot yeah it's a lot to keep up with there's a lot no doubt all right joel uh thanks for uh taking us through the mlb taking us through mlb's one month somewhat of an anniversary it just passed here we are about a sixth of the way uh through the season um we're, we're flying we're flying here it's almost the fifth uh so thanks for doing that I oh did- hey by the way i have the perfect casting for uh What's his name? Drew Maggi. Yep. Miles Teller. It's it. Done. Miles Teller. Ooh. He's 36. He, he was in Top Gun. He was in Whiplash. He, he's an older looking 30, 30 something actor. He's tall. He's yeah. perfect. Well done, Drew. JD. It seems like he's already been in a baseball movie. He's got the boyish face. Totally. Uh, so I, I could say, oh yeah, he was in Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah he looks yeah. good in a mustache too. Not that yeah, uh, he's Drew he's a huge baseball ball. fan too. He's a huge Phillies fan. He they showed him on the World Series last year. He's a big baseball fan too. Perfect. Oh, I didn't see? know that. We did it. Well done. Well done. I see he's a big sports fan. Yeah, he's got a, an Eagles hat on Wikipedia. Great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's a huge fan. Great, great stuff. Everybody, we came together and we figured it out. <laughs> Miles Teller will be Drew Maggi. Uh, well done. I did promise you, Joel, one last thing before we get going here. A cat fact. The Dodgers' Tony Gonsolin loves cats. So when we're on our IG account, no underscore bunts. You're, you're putting something up like you put up those great Nolan Ryan facts regarding our, our facing Nolan Doc. Jump over to Tony Gonsolin's IG account. The guy loves cats as much as you do. 
<laughs> That's right. He had them on his cleats last year. Oh, he I had didn't him know actually, that. He had cats painted on his cleats. Yeah, he's he's a real cat lover, no doubt. <laughs> I can't get anything by you. <laughs> we'll see you next week if I can get something by you. Tune in. Jump over to the Athletic Baseball Show, whether you on your podcast feed or on the YouTube channel. But for now, we'll see you next week. <laughs>